Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. We're back. Your auto team are here in the studio live to help you buy a car or lease a car. Leasing is really going nuts these days. It's increasing at a a greater clip than we've seen in years. Uh, average over one-third of the cars on the road now are leased, and it's climbing. Uh, we're here also to talk about helping servicing your car, maintaining, repairing, uh, how not to be ripped off by a car dealer in a nutshell. My name is Earl. I'm a recovering car dealer. I've been doing this for 50 years plus and uh, started out doing it the wrong way, and here I am uh, recovering. I'm uh, trying to, uh, I guess, uh, account and... Uh, redeem myself for all my sins of the past because I used to be a bait-and-switch guy and I would uh, tell everybody that walked into my dealership a, a car at a different price. The price was different because I would sell the car for as much money as I could possibly get from the customer. I could take the same identical car, sell three of those on the same day, and the profit to me would vary from maybe a few hundred dollars to a few thousand dollars. In fact, uh, my dealership had something called the Slam Dunk Club, and we, if we could make more than $4,000 on a customer, uh, we gave a plaque and a, a reward, cash reward bonus. And a, a steak dinner at Ruth Chris. Uh, exactly, yeah. steak dinner at Ruth Chris. Wow, so here I am dinner. many, many years <laughs> later uh, telling you about those same things still going on, and uh, we're trying to help you navigate that minefield out there we call car dealerships. Mystery Shopping Report. We have got a slam dunk doozy of a mystery shopping report today. It's the best mystery shopping report that we've ever had on Earl on Cars, Earl Stewart on Cars. And uh, Stu and our new mystery shopper, uh, Agent Lightning, uh, I just got to congratulate both of them, uh, especially Agent Lightning, because we, we should have been doing this uh, 10 years ago. We mystery shopped four dealerships and uh, we did it the way you're supposed to do if you're an educated consumer. Uh, we did it the way we ask you and suggest that you do it on the air. In the past, we've been doing it the way the average person did it, and we're asking you to learn from their mistakes. That seems backwards. I suddenly, uh, I think we would, we've been doing it wrong. We're going to show you how you should do it and then show how it works out in real life. So we picked four dealerships four Ford dealerships, and we went to them online, and we uh, went through that game with the chat room and the email and the telephone call, and then we found the, what purportedly was the best deal, and we went physically in to see what happened. Uh, it's a great report, so stay tuned. That'll be in the last half of the show, and uh, don't miss it, please. Uh, we would uh, also, I get carried with, with sales, and so I have to remind myself and you, that we got a guy named Rick Kearney in, in the studio here, who's just amazing. Uh, 
He knows all about your car. You know, I don't care whether you're driving a Rolls-Royce or, a, or a, a Kia uh, or a whatever. Uh, he knows cars. He knows Toyotas better than most of them, but uh, he knows all cars very well. And of course, we have uh, Colonel Google that we can find answers to. And we'll get you the answer one way or the other. I mean, I, we're not batting 1,000, but I bet we're batting 990. And uh, every now and then we get stumped, but it's very rare. So if you have a little problem with your car, please call 877-960-9960. You, wanna, you might want to write this number down because uh, you don't have a question right now, probably, but you might later on. Write it down. Put it on, right in the palm of your hand. Uh, if you're driving, don't write it on anything. Uh, but 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. I emphasize the old telephone because... It's, it's a warmer, uh, more fuzzy kind of a way to talk. You get to know people, their personalities, you get to know us, and there's nothing like a real audio dialogue. But we have a text line, and actually, if we get more on text than we do anything else, because it's easier. So don't hesitate to use our text line, 772-497-6530. 772-497-6530. And use that, because you will maybe don't get to it right this minute, but before the end of the show, we get to almost all of them. And our biggest source, um, surprise everybody, anonymous feedback. We, we, we have a, a link out there that you can go on this link, and you can send us a question, a objection, criticism, profanity. Uh, you can call me names. Uh, you can call uh, Rick names. You can call anybody names. Don't call Nancy names. Uh, there's no way to treat a lady. Okay, that goes back to an old song. I digress. www.youranonymousfeedback.com youranonymousfeedback.com Great way to get some, yeah, I'm not going to call you, no one's going to know who you are, your friends won't know. Uh, you can be anybody, you can be my best friend, and you could come in and tell me that I'm really a stupid fool. I'll never know you did that, and you'll still be my best friend. So, youranonymousfeedback.com. Get a huge number of those, and usually they're all, most of them are legitimate. Every now and then we get the nasty one. We try to read them all. Sometimes we can't read them because they're too nasty, if you know what I'm talking about. And uh, we are, uh, what are we, uh, what's the A family F show. F the uh, federal, uh, what is it, the FCC. F FTC. FC oh, yeah, F yeah, right. Yeah, right. Federal Communications Commission uh, could cancel the radio station, although we do have a delay, I think. So anyway, we don't do profanity or obscenity on anonymous feedback, but we do everything else. So youranonymousfeedback.com. Uh, I'd like to uh, turn the mic over to Nancy Stewart, my co-host. Uh, she's a co-founder of the show. Uh, I say 17 years ago, it's probably 18. I, I get frozen in time. And I've been here a long, long time. Started out a half an hour show. And we've evolved to this two hour show every Saturday. Uh, Nancy is uh, uh, my wife and she's uh, active in the business and she's an uh, uh, active uh, female advocate uh, for lady buyers out there. She was uh, instrumental in goading and prompting Stu and me to finally find Agent Lightning. So we now have a regular full-time um, mystery shopper female. And before we'd always gone with male shoppers. Wrong thing to do. And now we're back, you know, we're, we're evolving. Kaizen, continuous improvement, we're getting better. And I thank you, uh, Mrs. Sunrise, Nancy Stewart for that. And uh, tell us a little bit about the special offer we have for our female 
listeners out there. Well, thank you. And good morning, everyone. Uh, that uh, special offer for the ladies, uh, they have really become a big part of the show. And uh, we want to encourage that number to grow. So therefore, uh, we have $50 for the first two new lady callers. And uh, we encourage you to give us a call. Uh, whether you have something to share, uh, whether you have a question, or you just want to say hello, and the number is 877-960-9960. And uh, you can text us at 772-497-6530. So don't forget, ladies, give us a call. Help me to build that platform uh, that we're so deserving of. 877-960-9960. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Well, let's shoot it over to Stu. Uh, he's uh, Mr. Cyberspace Spymaster, and uh, I'm sure he's accumulated some text, uh, at least anonymous feedbacks and other comments over there. And so let's uh, let's uh, start out with uh, what you have on the wire and or any comments you might have uh, yeah, before I, we start the show. I, de I definitely wanted to jump on what you were talking about with the uh, the, the new mystery shopping uh, format. Now that's not going to be a permanent thing. We'll still, you know, in the future, we'll investigate a, a crazy ad. Um, but as we get further and further into, into the 21st century, you know, I think less and less people, and I'd like to say that we have a little, uh, we should get a little credit for that, at least in this market. A um, credit, yeah. Yeah, get, letting people know to be really skeptical about all, all car dealer advertising. Um, you know, at our dealership, you know, we can attribute, you know, the source of our inquiries. You know, people come to the showroom, people who come in online. And it's it's switched the other way now. Most of our um, you know uh, you know opportunities to talk to a customer are, are coming from online, and most of these things start with a with a Google search, and that's basically it's kind of that's pretty much what everybody does these days. You, you search for something on Google, and then you start looking for relevant uh, search results, and then you click through, and so that's all we did with uh, Agent Lightning. And uh, you're a little bit wrong when you said we picked four dealers. We didn't pick any dealers. We just said. Pretend you're, you're, you need a car. I'm not going to tell you what kind of car you need. Whatever car you want, and then and go about trying to find it like you normally would. And so that's what Agent Lightning did. She Googled Ford dealers near me because she was thinking about getting a Ford. And, uh, and that's how she got the ball rolling, got the process started. And it was really interesting to see, um, even when you are following our best advice on the show, um, it's not as easy as, uh, as, it's, as it sounds. I mean, we say, oh, just could get four competing bids. And uh, the, in the real world, it's, 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 sometimes that's a difficult process. You think it sounds pretty simple, but car dealers are being dragged, kicking, screaming into this new way of doing business. So they, so, so the, the agent, old habits. Agent Lightning is thinking about buying a Ford. Yeah. Okay, that proves our arm's length transaction we have. Here we have our own mystery shopper. And as you know, we're car dealers, and we don't have a Ford dealership, but a Agent Lightning is going to buy a Ford. Ford's a good car. I mean, we're not here to sell you anything. Our own mystery shopper is buying Fords. So please don't think this is an infomercial. Sorry to interrupt, Stu. That's okay. But we think it's a more natural um, description of what, you know, what, the, what the pitfalls are. And I think what we discovered in this one, sometimes it's just a, just a lack of a willingness to give information. Um, but that's uh, so much better than experiencing that once you're already in the showroom. You know, it, if you're yes. at home and you're trying to get a quote and nobody answers you, um, I guess your attitude is kind of like, well, that's too bad for you. You're missing out on a chance to sell a car and you move on. So it's a, it's a really good mystery shopping report. 
Um, and like I don't, last time we did this many dealers in a single mystery shopping report is when we shopped 20 um, Takata cars you know, all over South Florida. So this was kind of interesting to do four. Um, it does present a particular challenge. I got to edit it down to so it fits in within our two-hour <laughs> radio show format. Uh, there's a lot of information there, but I think um, we did a good job at uh, uh, condensing it down to the to the most important information. So, okay, good. Any text over there? Oh yeah, they're starting to come in. I'm, I'm going to start off with uh, anonymous feedback this time. Uh, let's see. Uh, this came in uh, at the end of the show last week, so I'm, we're going to play a little catch up. Um, Hi, I enjoy your new background photo. Um, being Lexus is like being like Lexus does. Okay, this is not. I'm having a hard time. I'm just going to read it. Being Lexus like does Venza come with real leather as Lexus does? Um, I think they might be referring to the new uh, Toyota Lexus, which uh, disappeared for a couple of years and came back redesigned as a hybrid. And to answer your question, no, it comes with something called Softex. It's a synthetic leather. And before we jump on it and uh, call it vinyl, I can't tell the difference between it and leather. I've been fooled in it. <laughs> My son's Prius has Softex, and I don't. I can't tell any difference. But uh, it costs a little bit less than leather. Um, it is easier to clean, and it doesn't wear out like leather. So I know I'm sounding like I'm selling Softex, but um, but that's your answer. <laughs> and cow, cows really like the idea too. There is no mm. animal products used, so if you're a vegan, you can feel really good about Softex and. Um, I don't know if I, I remember vinyl. Vinyl was horrible. It's stretchy. It felt like rubber or plastic. This uh, is a, I guess, high-tech uh, materials from the 21st century. You know the uh, ch the chicken uh, takeout place with the with the billboard that says Chick-fil-A. Yeah, Chick-fil-A says uh, eat more chicken, and they yeah. have three cows up yeah, there. Yeah. That's what they're saying about using synthetic fabric. That's right. Cow cows are going to put up a billboard that says uh, buy Softex. <laughs> right. I don't blame them. All right, here's a little uh, critique of you, Mr. Stewart. Um, when Rick is speaking, Earl interrupts, and that's from someone in Parrish, Florida. Well, that's, that's a, it's true, and uh, I interrupt uh, Nancy, I interrupt Stu. Uh, you know, uh, we all like to talk. I, I love to talk. I talk too much, I admit that. And the conversation that uh, Nancy and I have coming in every morning is about, uh, are we going to have enough time? Uh, when should we start the mystery shopping report? The most important thing that I look for is your call and your comments. And what I would like to do is I would like to have your question, hopefully something that everybody has on their mind, answered precisely and accurately and in short enough context that uh, it doesn't go on beyond the answer to your question. We're all very knowledgeable. I'm not patting myself on the back, but no one in this room is more knowledgeable than Rick. Rick could probably build a car from scratch. He could probably go to the parts store, buy the cars, and build a car. That's how good he is. So there's a temptation on his part and my part, and, uh, and it's probably Stu and Nancy's too, uh, to be able to uh, expound on our knowledge of what we know about the question. So you can ask me how to, what time it is, and I can t tell you how to build a watch. I know you can ask Rick uh, what time it is. He'll tell you how to build a car. So I try to keep things short so we can hear more questions. And if I'm rude, I apologize to Rick. I apologize to all that. I'm the coach. I'm, it is uh, Earl on Cars, and I am the coach. And I try to keep the show running so we can hear more feedback and information from you so we can reflect it out into cyberspace and more people can learn from your question. See what I just did? I talked too long. And hey, I, sometimes. I'm, I'm being critical of myself. 
That's okay. We're, this is a talk show. Yes. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> More anonymous feedback. Hi, Earl. I just wanted to say that I really appreciate the open and honest way your dealership does business. My parents bought both of their Toyotas new at your dealership, and it was time for me to buy my first car. I also thought of your dealership. However, I was looking for a used Volkswagen, and I had a lucky strike when I found a listing for a used Jetta on your lot. Had everything I was looking for, and most importantly for me and my family, the price was clear, no dealer fee. There are a couple of issues with the car. We noticed right after the sale, and the salesman we work with went above and beyond to help resolve them before I went home with the car. My family and I were very happy with the experience. Fast forward a few months, and unfortunately I was involved in an accident uh, where that car was totaled. When I was finally in the market for a new car, I finally experienced the headache it was when looking for a used or new car. What was most frustrating to me was after the list price of the car, all of the extra fees could total an average of 4000 more on the list price for just dealer fees, dock fees, and even a reconditioning fee that was $2,000. I'm pretty set on buying a Jetta, but I wish I could personally do business with your dealership again. Wish you also had a Volkswagen dealership. Ha ha. My parents are going to upgrade their cars in a few years, and I know exactly where we're going. So that was very mm -hmm. nice, but um, I think the point of that was... Yeah. Uh, you go out there, and it is the Wild West. Yeah. You know, I, this is maybe not relevant, but uh, when I think, uh, I just read in the paper the other day that the uh, CEO, the head of Volkswagen, uh, is going to trial yeah. for cr criminal charges. Uh, and, you know, of course, the uh, CEO of Nissan has uh, fled the country. He's an international fugitive. And he was in jail. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, you can go around, not just in the automobile business, but there's. I think there's a... a a moral dilemma, I'm not dilemma is the wrong word, a moral crisis in corporations today. What's the name of the uh, big electric uh, truck manufacturer uh, that is trying to compete with Tesla? Uh, oh yeah, uh, uh, give me a few Anyway, uh, they came out with a commercial and they hadn't, didn't have an electric truck yet, <laughs> but they had a body and they pushed it up to the top of a hill yeah. and they let it go down the hill and they, the TV cameras fill, filled the TV commercial, and they were talking about how quiet it was and, and how fast it was going. There was and, no, no and motor they described in all that. And there, there, was no, there was no battery. There was yeah. no electric motor it's in there. Nikola. And it just came out what they did. Okay, what is it? Uh, Nikola or Nikola, which is interesting because that was Tesla's first name. <laughs> Tesla's first name. <laughs> how do you spell? N-I-K-O-L-A. N-I-K-O-A. Nikola. So they, they I mean, how... And then General Motors uh, invested, I want to say, 200 million. I'm probably off by a lot of millions, but they invested a huge amount of money in Nikola. And this was after they disclosed that they were lying about their TV commercial. Now their argument is, well, we have, we really have an electric uh, uh, truck now, and it really will go good. But that doesn't make any difference. Yeah. You lie to millions and millions of people. Yes, and we're G saying yeah. that in Volkswagen. GM basically yeah. did too. They own, they own 11 percent of it. That's what yeah. that, that's their stake yeah, now. So, so it had very little to do with that call. And I just did what I said or text. Hey, listen, when the phone call, when the phone's not ringing, we, we got to do the talking. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. Even you know, Elon kind of does that. What yeah. was there was the word that you used in car dealer advertising puffery. Um, that rolling the car down the hill, I think, beyond puffery, be, yeah. a little bit beyond puffery. Yeah. Uh, Elon Musk engages in quite a bit of puffery, um, but he's still, he's still, you know, he's showing up and he's producing. But he knows how to promote himself yeah. for sure. Rick, you had oh, Rick's got a YouTube over here. Let's hear from Rick. Well, Derek Lopez says, "Good morning. Thank you for answering my last week's question. Today's question 
do you feel that buyers' unrealistic expectations, and in quotations, it's, we all know the guy who says he got 100% off MSRP. <laughs> uh, do you feel that that has made car selling difficult? Well, car selling is supposed to be difficult, Eric, and uh, uh, retailing, and it's a tough business. Uh, competition is both the best thing that ever happened and the worst thing that ever happened uh, because it makes uh, a retailer's life a constant challenge. And yeah, you have buyers that actually come in and they expect a lower price they could possibly get. And you also have buyers that come in and will misinform you uh, to get a better price. They will, they will say they got a better price from your competition than they really did. And that's, that's competition. And that's the reason we have such a, a, a what is the word, a energetic, we're, you know, our free market system in the United States beats everything. And a, a lot of other countries are catching up to us, but uh, the, the free marketplace where you can go out and negotiate and you can, I, I, if I want to buy um, uh, uh, detergent, I could get on Amazon and go to six different places, and then I could go to Target, and then I could go to Walmart, and then I can go to uh, uh, what uh, Costco. And you're doing all this on your phone, of course. And you do it all on your phone in yeah. 15 minutes. So it's a tough, tough business out there. So yes, Eric, uh, uh, it makes it more difficult, but it's supposed to be. And if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. It's not easy being a car dealer. It's, it's a tough, uh, frustrating job for a car salesperson, too. Um, the best car salesperson probably is selling three out of every ten people he speaks to. That means 70% of the time, every time he goes to work every day, it's, it is a majority of rejection and a letdown. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, you know, when we uncover all the tactics, the, you know, the, a real factor that we put in there, and we've seen that in mystery shopping reports, you got a salesperson who's just burned out. I mean, he's tired of doing this. You know, he's frustrated. He's he's kind of yeah. he's lost his mojo, and he's expecting now the next guy he talks to, the next woman he speaks to, yeah. is going to let him down. So that can create some bad attitudes, and you know, it's just it is. It's really tough. Okay, another text. Yeah, uh, going over to anonymous feedback. All right, the waiting game happened to us. The salesman said he could not do the deal. We shook hands, walked to our car. Salesman and manager followed. I told them I couldn't pay their price, and the manager said he would call me later. I never answered his call. We ended up at another dealership the next week. So that the, the waiting game is a tactic, by the way. Sure. Um, what happened there was you, you might have wanted to go back in just to find out what they had to say because they were holding their best card close to their, their, their chest, and then when you walked out, they're going to run out and say, okay, we can do a better deal. And we see that, once again, on Mystery Shopping Reports all the time. Sometimes the parting word of the manager who comes over to thank you for coming in is like, well, give us a call again. We might be able to take another 500 or 1,000 off. Let us know. And I've, so. I've mentioned this before, but back when I was evil, uh, here was one of the cleverest waiting game tricks. Because you never want to give the customer your final price because he can take your final price and go to your competition, and your competition will beat it by $100 or maybe only $50. But the competition will usually always try to beat the price. So what I would do one of the customer back when I was evil is they say is your best price I said no I want you to go around and shop all the other car dealers and he says then and I'd say then I'm gonna give you the best price then I would take my business card and I'd go like this I say now that's my best price and I go and it's right there after you've been around to all the other dealers and got your best price you come in and I'll show you my best price and I guarantee, I promise you, that'll be lower than anything you've seen. 
but you won't believe that till you've shopped it around. So please come back and see what my price is. Okay? <laughs> I mean, it worked like a charm. Absolutely. That would not work today. L- ladies would not, and, not work today, no. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to remind you that uh, our number is 877-960-9960. Our lines are open. And as you can hear this morning so far, we're exposing, you know, some deceit that's still out there and will continue. But we're here to help you, to help you weed them out. So it is the 21st century. It's been going on for a long time. Give us a call. Tell us what you think. How was your transaction? 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And continue to send us your feedback on www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Okay. More anonymous feedback. They keep coming in. Yeah. Um, Here's another waiting game one. I, I experienced the waiting game a few weeks ago. Over the phone, the salesperson committed to the price I wanted. Then I was in the dealership the next day for six hours getting the deal that I was promised. Oh. It was crazy and not my idea of a fun day. You know, kind of jumping back to what we were talking about earlier, even with the modern, sophisticated ways to get a price, the games are still played. So this person um, did it the right way, went online, got a price, got a commitment. And when they came back in, the, sh- the show started all over mm-hmm. again. Yes, the, the name of the game is Get Them in the Door. And I know that sounds crude and rude, but it's just life and retail, especially in the car business. And uh, you go to your advertising agency, uh, you tell your salespeople, nothing happens till you get them in the door. After that, you worry about it later. Uh, you get them in the door by promising them a price that you can't possibly give them. It is so difficult to uh, sell a car in today's extremely competitive market that the dealers feel the only way they can get you in is to lie to you in their advertising. And they'll, they don't like to use the word the lie. Uh, you know, they will, they will uh, overemphasize something. Uh, the reason they say I'm not lying is because they'll take a fine print snapshot on the television screen that was there for one nanosecond and say, look, it says right here, uh, dealer fee, dealer installed accessories, and only if you're a, a member of the farmer's credit union is this price good. Right. And so they put all these impossible disclaimers, and they get you in, and that's how they do it. And the same way with the salespeople, the same way with the sales managers, the culture of the way cars are retailed today demands that sales the salespeople and dealers be dishonest and in t- in today's market uh what would you say uh, are there more people taking advantage of uh, i'd say uh, true car consumer report costco and it's uh, a whole lot easier or are they still coming in to the dealership as they did before um, most of them but more and more people are going to true car and consumer reports and, and, other, and I, other I, I forgot to mention the internet no, absolutely yeah, yeah I, would say, I would say i think it's, it's overwhelmingly internet uh yeah. i mean if you look at this the, now not every single internet inquiry you know that we get is you know somebody who is really really in the market for the car somebody, somebody might be just like playing yeah. around looking at numbers but uh you know we you know get over a thousand you know internet inquiries yeah. for a dealership our size and that's uh, quite a bit more than the people that actually just show up or, 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 yeah. or, or walk in the dealership. So it's definitely gone that way. Unfortunately, um, the true cars and, and, and even the Costco's, as we've uncovered here on the show, the same games get played. It, um, that is not a guarantee of a, of a safe experience. 
Yeah, they're definitely not all always honest. Uh, all of them, Costco, Consumer Report, yeah. or True Car. And a funny anecdote um, is uh, when I first started selling cars back in the '90s, and uh, it was at the very uh, at the very beginning of your uh, of your awakening. <laughs> and uh, my sales manager was a guy named Gerard, and you know, I would have an appointment and I would get all excited and I wanted to make sure, and I'm not trying to sound like a Boy Scout, but I wanted to give the customer a, a good experience. So I wanted to prepare everything. I want to know, give me an idea what their trade might be worth. Uh, what's the pricing going to be like? I wanted to have everything, the table set from the guy here. And I'd go to him and Gerard would say, he goes, settle down, settle down. Show starts when they get here. I'm like, can't you tell me what you think their car's worth? Show starts when they get here. Like there, there was no effort really to like have a good experience. It was we're going to put them through the process when they get here. We're going to what if them. We're going to you know, do trial closes and the whole shebang. Numbers and, game. Yeah, and it had nothing to do with how the customer yeah. might have felt yeah. about it. They're not people. They're numbers. They're coming through the door. What an interesting well, time some it questions was. Here. Hmm? Oh, I got some more. Okay, yeah. Um, here's one anonymous feedback. I have a crazy idea for a car dealership. How about the person selling the item tells the person who wants to purchase the item the price that he would expect? And I think what they're saying is, why can't they just be straight with the price? Now, a, a question is kind of funny, harking back to when Gerard chain, uh, uh, trained me. It was always a question for the customer. Um, you know, what number did you have in mind? Yeah. Uh, what would you like to pay? Well, to answer the question, uh, why can't the salesperson give the uh, buyer, the potential customer, the price that they expect or the whatever, is because um, it's something that's... Uh, endemic to the car business. Think about it. A Chevrolet Corvette with an MSRP of $85,900 is identical at every Chevrolet dealership in the country. And how many Chevrolet dealers are there? Uh, thousands of Chevrolet dealers. More than twice. So now when we're online, a customer, prospective uh, buyer of a Corvette can get prices from thousands of uh, places. And it's the same thing. It's a generic product. It's like, it's not it's not really branded, it's a Chevrolet Corvette, but if there's a thousand dealers and uh, they all are selling the exact same product, it's a buyer's delight, it's a buyer's world. All you have to do is go out there and some dealer is going to be the lowest price and the price is going to be so low that, that probably he's not going to make any money, but that's the way competition works. So the dealers are all selling the same thing. A Toyota is a Toyota is a Toyota. A Absolutely. Kia is a Kia is a Kia. The one that ABC Kia sells is no better or different than the one that CDF Kia sells. So they have to have a way to get you in, and the only way they can get you in is to advertise a lower price, but they can't afford to sell you the car at that price because they lose money. So they get you in on the price they can't give you, and they add dealer fees, dealer install accessories, they undervalue your trade-in, and all the other tricks that we cover in this show. We love sharing all this information with you, and uh, we love your calls, texts, YouTube. Uh, so uh, that telephone number again is 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, we're gonna go out to uh, Georgia, to talk to Tony, our first caller this morning. Good morning, Tony. Fantastic. Good morning. I think you got a fantastic show. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm in the market for a Honda Odyssey. There is a club that does a spreadsheet 
for the last two years, uh, and it's nationwide, evidently the Honda buyers are contributing to the out-the-price, out-the-door price, Mm -hmm. and then they show the taxes and stuff, all right? Uh, So basically what I'm asking is, if I showed this spreadsheet, because it's given all kinds of, uh, it's given at least a five or $6,000 spread uh, on the cars that these people are buying. How, how could I use that with a dealership when I got the prices that people have paid for the same model all over the country? Well, Tony, your challenge, and that's a great question. I'm not familiar uh, with this uh, club. Uh, I'm a little surprised that uh, Honda is endorsing that with, you know, and a dealer is joining in, but because uh, I have a feeling it's not legitimate. I think uh, what you have to do is find the dealer that gives you the lowest uh, quote-unquote out-the-door price and test is that an out-the-door price. And the easiest way to test it is just to say, uh, I'm uh, writing out my check now or my credit union is going to give me a check. I'm going to bring it to you and I want to give that check to you. If I, after that I give that check to you, can I get in my new Honda and drive it home? because I think without fail you will find that when you call and say that, they'll say, no, we have uh, some other fees that, that, that will go that, and then, then you get into that game. Are they taxable fees, non-taxable fees? Uh, are they fees they really have to pay the government yeah. or they don't? And they will boost the price sometimes with dealer-installed accessories. Mm-hmm. They'll put low jack or they'll put window tent. Uh, they'll put nitrogen in the tires, and they'll have okay. a plethora of other added May work. I interrupt you for a second? Please do. Okay. Uh, because I bought your book. Okay? Uh-huh. I bought your book last year. I've been in the market, uh-huh. and I've been around the dealerships, and you're perfectly right. They, they play that game. Right. Because they think you don't have the information on what other dealers have actually given uh, or sold the car for. Yes. Okay. And, and what I'm saying is, there I, I have a spreadsheet that's covering now two years, nationwide, from from a forum. Okay, anybody can look up the forum. Most clubs have, most cars have some type of forum. Mm-hmm. Okay, and these these are this is data that's input by the purchaser on 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 what their base price was plus transportation, and then what the out the door price is right. for the model. Now, if I'm sitting in front of a salesman or a sales manager, and I've got this list of data for uh, every, for people who've contributed in his state, and they got they got a lot of them in Florida, okay? How can I best use that data? Because we, let's say we got legitimate data on what people have paid for the car. No, well, Stu, go ahead. Well, and yeah, thank my, you for your patience. Oh, no, sure. no problem. My my th- thought. This is still my thought. Is I think that's it's worth a shot. I mean, yeah, I think you should present that. You know, t- when you when you when you're there, or, or possibly even over email online, so you can save yourself a trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's definitely not a guarantee that they're just going to say, okay, well, we're going to give you the lower lower ra- range. They'll still try and put you through the system. Um, if you're going to use something like that, I would definitely use it to inform you know your. Uh, you know, who, do what we say on the show every single week. You know, send it out to you yeah. know, three or four car, uh, Honda dealerships, and, and and maybe even attach the spreadsheet. So I'm basing it on this, but that's almost kind of a, just a little extra touch, I think, just by going to the uh, multiple dealerships and comparing the price. You could use that spreadsheet that you have just to, to you know keep them honest and take a look at it. If, if you have all four bids, 
uh, coming out considerably higher, then, then you can maybe go back for another shot at them. Um, but I think it could be a tool in your arsenal. Um, and I'm, you know, I don't think any of us here at the show doubt its legitimacy, um, but I could imagine a salesperson or a sales manager uh, calling in to question that. And the reason I say that is um, in, in car dealerships, it, there, there are things like that. The Kelly Blue Book, for example, people come in and they'll look at um, a, a used car value and say, hey, Kelly Blue Book says it's worth X. And a, a typical answer from a sales manager is, well, uh, can they buy your car for you? Will Kelly Blue Book send you a check? And um, a, uh, you know, a typical uh, used car uh, manager at a dealership might say something like, uh, well, can you buy the car from that spreadsheet? You know, we have the car here. It's the car. You, so it's, uh, I think it's a tool, and I think you should try and see if it helps yeah, you get Tony, a Tony, send us yeah. a link, will you? And, uh, or give us a link now. We'll write it down. We'd like to check that out. We'll do a, we'll do a mystery shop uh, with some of the dealers on the list and see what their prices are like. Uh, I, I really it appreciate is. that. It, it is the it is the Honda Odyssey Forum, and they have a okay. they have a part of there called the Price, okay. and they've covered the last uh, eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. Okay, all right. We'll check uh, it out, and uh, it's we'll got one hundred and forty-five we'll items. Appreciate it. Honda Odyssey Forum and the Price. The okay. Price. We'll do that. Uh, tune in next week, and we'll get do a report on that. I can't thank you enough for the call. It's really interesting. I think it's fantastic. Okay. okay. Have a good one. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Thank you, Tony. Right. Give us a call again, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. That sounds like a grassroots version of True Car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. We'll check it out and see what it's all about. you got a YouTube. Let's figure that out. We do. Uh, Mark Ryan is asking, do you specifically select each new Toyota that comes to the dealership, or does Toyota provide you with an assortment, colors, features, et cetera, based on what inventory they have available? Well, we choose, uh, but uh, to a limited degree, they offer what is available, and then we, we make our choice based on our sales rate. Go ahead, Stu. Exactly. Uh, they, it's called a turn and earn. So. Uh, it's a chicken and the egg thing. So you, you get allocated. In other words, uh, they can't tell you how many vehicles are going to send your way based on um, how many you've you sold. So if you sell one, you earn one. Um, then the dealers do have the option, like Earl mentioned, to say, I don't want that car. I don't, it's called you, you turn them down. Um, and the, the manufacturers really, really discourage that. They want you to have those cars on your lot because they believe it helps you sell cars faster. Yeah. But uh, it is up to the dealer to, to determine which vehicle. You can order a car built to your specifications. In most cases, uh, sometimes they come from overseas. Uh, the problem with ordering a car built to your precise specifications, it has to be built somewhere, and it might be built in Japan, it might be built in uh, Paducah, Kentucky, but uh, it's going to take you probably a month or longer, sometimes several months before you get that car. Sometimes there are price changes uh, between the time you order it and the understanding, of course, with whoever you buy it from, is that the price increase be, be passed along to you. And sometimes there's an incentive on a car you want. So uh, the motivation is to try to buy a car within a few weeks. You never want to buy a car the same day. But, but when you order a car, it's going to take you a long, long time. And uh, many a slip twixt the cup and the lip. Yeah, and dealers also have leeway on the mix of colors and equipment they get too. So there is there's a say, and and, and you, hopefully a, a smart dealer tailors it to what his customers are looking for. Um, but like Earl said, um, don't if you're 
if you're shopping for a car, do not feel that you are, you have to take what they have in stock because, and they might they don't they might not want to do it, but if you push them to either do a dealer trade or do a special order, you you should be able to find what you're looking for, provided it's a you know. Every car a, dealer, whether he sells 20 cars a month or 2,000 cars a month, has thousands of cars in his inventory because we are in the 21st century and everything's online. So any dealer on any brand, any Kia dealer can look in his computer and find out hundreds or thousands of Kias, and he can usually negotiate a deal with another Kia dealer to swap, and that's what happens 25-30% uh, of the time. In our case, we do it close to half the time. You know, 40%, yeah. You know, just out of curiosity, um, because I've had some customers that would want, uh, you know, a, a special type of vehicle, and uh, it has always taken so long for them to get their yes. truck or yeah. their car. Why is it today it still takes as long as it did, and, and I don't mean this literally, but yesterday. Why can't there be an easier process? Well, I think one day there will be a process that you will literally have manufacturers that will build to order. the two. They will build to, you You walk in like, pre, like a, uh, um, Tesla. Tesla does, and you get exactly what you want, and you get it within a week or two. People don't mind waiting a week or two or three to get something, but they don't want to wait three months, And but it will happen. Today it can't happen, yeah. it's just not set up for it. Right now, and I can speak for Toyota only, it's, it's about a four to six week from the time the vehicle is actually built till the time it arrives at the dealership. Yeah, um, that, That's a shorter time than it used to be because most of them are built in the United States. They take, go on a rail car to the distribution um, centers. Um, so, so even on an order like that, but a special order, um, I, you know, it can take up, like you said, 120 days, which is, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's four months. And that's yeah, the great thing about that happening when it does happen is it's going to take away one of the greatest uh, hidden uh, de deceptions that dealers have. Well, manufacturers. Uh, because and, and you, you never buy, uh, virtually never buy the car that you wanted. The car that you saw advertised and the car that you came in and looked at usually is never available, and I say that because tongue-in-cheek because a dealer doesn't want you to buy the car that you know the right price on. He wants you to buy a car that you haven't thought about. In fact, he wants to lease you a car because he doesn't want you to buy because you've already done your homework on buying. Now he flips you to a lease and he can make a couple thousand dollars more because you're not familiar with it. So once we can go into a dealership and buy the exact car we want, that'll be the day the dealers really have a problem in taking advantage of you. And you know, um just for the heck of it, I'm going to mention this. In my experience, I found that there are more men who want a special order. It's very rare for a female to say that they want this, this, and this on their vehicle. So it, it's an interesting time. And it's been like that for quite a long time. Okay. So just my observation. Uh, we are going to go to, whoops, uh, John, if you're still listening. Give us a call back. We'd love to talk to you, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Yeah, we apologize, John. We try to prioritize callers because we know you can't hold for a long time, especially when you're driving. And uh, next that, time someone calls, we'll try to do a better job that's, of that's getting John to the phone from, uh, quickly. West Palm Beach. West Palm Beach? Yeah, so give us a call back, John. Okay, so let's go to some more text. Okay. Or YouTube, whatever we got. Yeah, anonymous feedback. I bought my last car at a one price dealer. 
uh, buying a Tesla, I did just as well as the next person. I was in control to either do or not do the deal. Yeah. Tesla is uh, the future today, and it's the way cars should be sold. Uh, I give Elon Musk, even though he's a nut, uh, all the credit in the world. He's an innovator, and he understands you, the buyer. And uh, Nancy and I have been into a Tesla dealership. We almost bought a Tesla. It was a delightful experience. It, it really was, definitely. We're going to go to John, who did give us a call back from West Palm Beach. Welcome, John. <laughs> Welcome. Um, I, I just wanted to encourage that guy who's looking for the Odyssey. Uh, you know, he's done two years' worth of research. You've given him all the tools uh, that he can use, and he wants to sit in front of a, a person and buy the Odyssey for the price that he's got on that data sheet. He just needs to be patient and Hold his ground. I don't know what advice you guys gave him, but the last thing I would tell the, the person sitting in front of me, I can either take my data sheet home or I can go home with an odyssey, you know, and, and just put yeah. it back in their court. I, yeah. I'm sure you guys hear that line all the time. You sure. know. Are you going to let $100, you know, keep me from buying this? <laughs> but uh, see, I don't know what he's uh, what he's trying to purchase, but he, he needs to stand firm and Continue looking for what he's looking for. Sure. Yeah. And take the yeah. data sheet. Well, John, you sound like a. You sound like a guy that doesn't have a problem negotiating and dealing with uh, car dealers. And there, uh, there are a few of you out there. Like, there's not not enough. There's only, I'd say, five or ten percent of the population that can go to head to head with a car dealer and uh, play the game and go through the whole nine yards. You have to have thick skin, and you have to be able to take a little bit of abuse. Uh, and you have to be strong. Uh, you're, uh, you're a good negotiator. Unfortunately, the people that pay the, the huge profits to dealers are the ones that are more passive and not as well as, as informed as you are. But uh, I can see you've been through it before. Yeah, I've been through it before, and I just got wore out and tired, and that's why I bought my car from you. Well. It was a lot easier <laughs> and less pressure. Thank you, John. <laughs> You're welcome. Call again. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Yeah, I really didn't think that the spreadsheet idea was, was a terrible idea. I've been searching on, on the Odyssey forum. I haven't found it yet. I did find something similar, like a discussion on mm -hmm. prices a few years ago from 2017. I'll keep looking. Um, but I just want to emphasize, you know, when I hear people say, I go to the dealership, I go there, I tell the sale. I just can't believe anybody's still doing that. Like, I can't even go into a Starbucks to buy a cup of coffee. Yeah. i got to do it online <laughs> and yeah, I, uh, save I, I, so you, much time. We try to, on, what we should do on the show, we don't always do it. We get a little complicated sometimes. Uh, but uh, we try to keep it simple. And the simplest thing is to get an out-the-door price. I know you've heard it a thousand times on this show. You're probably going to hear it another thousand times. Out-the-door price, you have to say, I'll write you a check out. You don't mean literally, but uh, you give them the cash. In other words, you're going to give them the payment of the out-the-door price in whatever form it may be, and you're going to get in the car and go home. That's an out-the-door price. Now, if you can get that number from three or four different dealers, and stay tuned for our mystery shopping report because that's the process what we and did. what we did in our mystery shop. We went to four car, four, uh, four dealerships online. We, we visited online. It took Agent Lightning maybe uh, half an hour to go online and get the information from about four, from four Ford dealerships. And then she chose the one that had purportedly the lowest price and she visited that dealership to confirm. So this is what you need to do. I mean, it's so simple 
it's uh, easy. You, you save yourself the, the, the aggravation, you know, yeah. the migraine headache. Well, let, me, let, me, the, let me interject. Yeah. You might not save aggravation. You're going to experience it still. But I would much rather be aggravated at home where I didn't have to get back in my car and schlep across town yeah, if some guy lied to me after yeah. I invested two hours yeah. of my time. Exactly. If yeah. I'm investing 30 minutes of my time, it's a little bit easier to deal with, and you move on to the dealer. That, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. You know, I'd rather be aggravated at home than I would out in public because I don't know how I passive, <laughs> If you're a passive personality, and most people are, I think, then you, you, you can you can accomplish more online when you're face to face with a pro and he is yeah. a master at intimidation mm -hmm. you are uh you're you're cooked meat you're, right. you're dead meat yeah he can he can eat you up and you haven't got a chance for online, some people yeah. online you can yeah. be anybody yeah you're yeah. the incredible hulk they have no idea what you exactly. look like how you talk what you sound like you can be a tough guy. Exactly. I mean, if you're a negotiator and you do walk into the dealership and you say, hey, you want to dance? We'll dance. Uh, but uh, it's just <laughs> it's just uh, a little easier in the 21st century to sit at home, like Stu said, and uh, negotiate. And you know what? I really think that that's coming. It's going to happen. And the out-the-door price is going to happen. And people are go consumers are going to realize that this is the best way to do business. 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. I'm glad you found that so humorous. As you want to dance? <laughs> that kind of scared me. <laughs> we can like, dance. Oh. I know you, weren't, you didn't mean dancing. <laughs> she got that line in front. We're watching a new TV series, Person of Interest. So if you want a great show and they have a lot of uh, very tough female characters. No, that was my neighborhood. And, <laughs> yeah, they have a lot of very tough female characters in there, and that sounds like a line from that. Right. But they are full disclosure. Really Earl does work for NBC <laughs> Universal, and this <laughs> Uh Anonymous feedback at your dealership: Which Toyota models do more of your elderly customers purchase? Which sedan? Which SUV? Thanks for North Carolina. That's a great question, and my initial answer is they buy every model that we sell um, for the most part. But you know, thinking about it a little bit harder. I would say the Camry, uh, well, first of all, we sell more Camrys. Uh, most Toyota dealers sell, that's their top volume car. Can I answer that because I'm yeah. elderly? Uh, our elderly customers buy cars in general. There are exceptions. I spoke to one the other day that was thinking about buying a Supra. I probably killed the deal because he says, how do you like the Supra? I said, I love the Supra, but I can't get in it. It's very difficult. And when I do get in it, I can never get out of it. So he laughed. And we both agree he probably should be looking at something like a Camry or an SUV because the SUV, like the Rav4 and this Honda CRV, the the ones that are higher and they're easier to get into, slide into, and slide out of. Right. And so, uh, thank you for answering the question for me because my next <laughs> statement was would be the Rav4, which are the two big volume cars. Um, yeah, like I don't see, but we also see, uh, you know, Corollas. You know, it's it's really kind of a it's a big mixed bag. But overall, Camry and Rav4. Yeah, when uh, Toyota came, I'm gonna let you talk in a minute, Rick. When when uh, when Toyota came out with a Scion years ago, it was supposed to be for the first new car buyer, kids 19, 20 years old, and uh, they had a uh, it looked like a box. You you probably saw yeah, them around. The XB. Honda copied it. The Element, and uh, nah, nope. 
to, to let it copy that element came out before the XP. Yeah. Anyway, whoever copied whoever, <laughs> the point being that they were really easy to get in and out of, and so who bought them? The old folks. Now, let's face it, uh, you know, when you're older, it's harder to get in and out of a car, and that's the thing we hear over and over from people. And it's also sometimes hard to see out of a car, and they want something uh, that has a high seat. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago on the show. You can go online, Consumer Reports, and they'll tell you the cars that are better from a short people standpoint. So uh, that's basically uh, what old people buy. I'm an expert. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, to your point, um, I can honestly say that there are more younger people not more than the seniors, but there are a lot more today, uh, younger people who are having back problems for some strange reason. And once you buy that car, <laughs> you are stuck. I mean, if you're not gonna be comfortable, you are really stuck. Rick uh, is the youngest guy here, and he has a point. Well, one model that I, I was amazed did not catch on when it first came out was the RAV4 two-door. The, the doors on it were extra long which for an elderly person that can't bend their knees as well made it much easier to swing your legs in and out of the car not to mention that when you were looking behind you to back up the back of the car was right there okay i have they an answer great to that. visibility i have an answer to that because i don't like big doors and the reason i don't like big doors is they're harder to close and harder to open mm -hmm. and you slam into the car next to you and, and they swing back and hit your leg when you're yeah. getting in the car uh, uh, well one of my problems now when i get in my car uh, if the door is open i've got to <coughs> lean all the way out and again hook my finger in something that i can get onto uh, and, yep. and try to strain to pull it in but if you want an expert on being old about cars I'll, I'm, I'm the expert okay next text next anonymous feedback I believe we have used all our anonymous feedback. We're going to jump over the, to the text messages. Uh, this comes from, well, no name, but somebody in Dallas, Texas. Uh, hello, just bought a car in August, and I honestly want to return it. Is there any way that I can? I have the gap coverage, if that means anything. And then there's a little smiley laughing emotion. It doesn't. <laughs> the reason why is because I'm paying too much for it. And at the moment, it was okay, but now I realize I don't like it. Also, the dealership never told me my APR. And like, once again, that's from Dallas, Texas. I'll let you take this one, but there's not a whole lot you can do, Dallas. Yeah. It's the biggest nightmare for anybody. Uh, you rush in to buy a car and you make a mistake. I can tell you, you're lucky you didn't lease it. Then you'd really have a problem. Uh, when you buy a car and you return it that quickly, you're gonna get uh, killed on uh, resale value and, and they're gonna buy it back from you. No problem, except for the fact that it'll be for thousands and thousands of dollars less than you paid for it. So. Uh, you buy a new car, uh, a used car for that matter, but a used car is not quite as painful. Uh, you lease a car, you're really messed up, and I've, I, I'm getting a lot more calls now because there are a lot more leases. People that bought at least a car, and the doctor says, I talked to a woman the other day, she had an operation, must have been a, a pretty serious. Doctor says, you can't drive anymore. Well, she leased a car six months ago, and it's a 36-month lease, and so uh, that's, a, that's a real sad story make your car buying process a uh, intelligent and as long as you have to take you should you should never make a decision on buying a car in less than two weeks uh, probably a month would be better and do all of your online resources and then drive the car drive the car yeah. drive the car drive it in the same streets and conditions that you drive your current car drive it to work uh, drive it home drive it to the grocery store drive it on 
uh, the turnpike, the I-95, do every condition, and then look in the rearview mirror, look in the side view mirror. Uh, can you see out the back door? All these things, because I'm telling you, the most common problem we have that we can't fix with our customers are customers that bought a car too quickly from us. And they come back in six months and say, what am I going to do? I made a mistake. You know, We try to help them, but depreciation is something that happens and you can't fight it, and the depreciation is going to kill you to get out of a car you bought six months ago. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. There's a lot of uh, there's there's a lot of emphasis on that uh, comfort of the inside of the car, and you know certainly I don't really think uh, that we've kept pace with the back seats and uh, safety features and comfort. But it's something uh, to what you said about driving the car, taking it overnight. You can't drive it enough because once you purchase it, it's done. And if the dealer won't let you do that, don't buy the car from the dealer. Uh, and you can always rent a car that way there's no obligation but you know uh, be sure you keep that car for uh, you can do it in a day you don't have to do it overnight come in the morning and one day you can drive that car in just about every condition that you'd have to yeah. but if, if you you want to do it overnight then they should let you take the car overnight great advice yeah. and then also the other component of that is you know what, what you consider as affordable so it's it's really easy to get excited about a about a car, and as a matter of fact, that's what the most sales training is. They say get off the price, get off the payment, get off, talk about the car, build value, build value, and uh, the, you want to get excited. And it, it is excited. I mean, it's a big purchase, and they're cool and all the technology. But uh, slow down um, and really take a hard look at your budget, and uh, don't let somebody uh, ask you to increase. Like if you come in and say, I need to be at three hundred dollars a month. And they go, if you really like the car, could you get up to maybe 350 And then you go, yeah, if I really liked it, up to, well, maybe 370 Next thing you know, you've just increased what your, your, your budget. And then, uh, as they say in the car business, you come out of the ether, you settle down, the emotions subside, and you go, oh, my goodness, I can't afford this. So just okay. uh, don't do that. Um, Andreas has texted us. He sent us a couple of pictures of some alloy wheels. says, uh, good morning, Earl. This is Andreas. My wife purchased a brand new car a few months ago, and suddenly the wheels clear coat is peeling off. And I can see in the pictures here, it looks like alloy wheels and the flaking clear plastic-like shards are, are, are sloughing off these wheels. Um, is this a warranty issue? If so, what's the best approach to start conversations and who those conversations will be, uh, should be with the dealer or manufacturer? And, yeah, yeah, that is on a brand new car, a couple of months old. That's that's a warranty issue. Unless the dealer put on uh, aftermarket wheels, and uh, we hope that didn't happen. But yeah, yeah. a car should be. If they're factory wheels, they should be under warranty. Yeah, I'm looking at the thing. I can't see the logo. I'm sure Andreas Andreas will, will let me know. It l looks like a um, either a bit of a Toyota logo or possibly Lexus. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but the per person to speak to is uh, not every car dealership has a uh, collision or body shop where they do the exterior stuff. Uh, bring it to the service department if they're the manufacturer of wheels. Those just need to be replaced. Oh. Rick's got a YouTube over here. Kind of a long one, but Donovan makes a great point here. Donovan Lewis is speaking about all this online shopping for cars. What is with dealers not respecting privacy in 2020? They sell your information in a moment after buying a car. Car dealer websites have some of the highest number of trackers on their websites or ask for your device's location with no need for it. In the age of GDPR and CCPA, I'm not sure what those initials stand for, I believe car dealers are in for a world of hurt without a change. 
or without a change in direction of how they handle users' privacy and personal information. I purchased a used car in July, and every three days I'm getting mail about service, warranties, I get the Sirius XM offer once a week in the mail, and a crazy amount of junk email from that dealer and others in their network. We're quickly moving into an opt-in, not opt-out society when it comes to privacy. Um, you are, you're absolutely right. You are tracked like crazy when you go to a car dealer's website. Um, they use like, and like every retailer on the planet, they, they, do, they use cookies. They're little snippets of code that go onto your browser that can identify you so their ads can appear to you. Let's say you go on a car dealer's website and you're priced out of Ford Explorer. You'll find out later that afternoon when you're on uh, foxnews.com or uh, uh, any other Palm Beach Post, you're going to see ads for that car dealer, and that's what happens. I honestly, and we know a lot of cars, I don't know any car dealers that are selling the information to a third party because they want to use that to, to sell you a car. Now, one thing that we do see a lot, after somebody buys a car, and, we, and it's from public records, registrations, people will start getting solicited by warranty companies. They, they know you've bought a car, and suddenly you're a target. Um, I, they, they get yeah. that from the DMV, yeah, exactly. Department of Motor Vehicles. And it's public records. Um, I do know that, and this is from seminars and advice you know, from our manufacturer and our, our legal teams, that privacy issues online are serious, and we are encouraged. We have a privacy statement. There's uh, our website, and a lot of dealers do this, ask, is it okay if we know your location? Lots of things are there to put for the consumer's protection, but just be warned, you shop for anything online, you're gonna, your, your information is given up. And Donovan responded back also with GDPR is the European Union Privacy Act for yeah. all EU citizens globally, and CCPA is the California Privacy Act that applies to all California residents. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll, I'm going to make an editorial comment here. Uh, I think that we have entered an era in our lives, no, I'm not talking about a pandemic, uh, where privacy is not going to exist. And I think those of us that think we can keep our privacy are deluding ourselves. Mm. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really good thing, and it's a really bad thing, and that's what life is in general, really good and really bad. But uh, my personal solution to the problem is I'm relaxing and enjoying it. I'm finding out that having my habits known to the world, I'm actually seeing products I'm interested in. I also see some I'm not. I have people that tell me that they're going to, uh, you know, someone compromised my bank account, and I have all these hackers that come through, and that's a, that's the terrible part about loss of privacy. But if you're careful and use reasonably reasonable controls, uh, you pr you're pretty well protected. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just think it's not going to get better, folks. It's going to get worse. You get on the internet, you get online, you're lo you've lost your privacy. And uh, the most annoying aspect that I heard in, that, um, in the comments were, were the emails. And for 20 years, 30 years, I've been, we've all been dealing with spam. And it's kind of neat that right now we're at a point where does it really matter anymore? Because I can, let me use Earl as an example. He barely uses his email anymore. I mean, he does, and important information goes back and forth. The primary communication that most of us are using now is messaging, you know, either, either through a social media like Facebook or through your messenger on your phone. Yes. And the emails, unfortunately, I think it's just a fact of life. It's it's kind of a, uh, a repository of solicitations, and that's kind of the bulk of what I see in my email. Yeah, between junk and uh, clutter, 
I get about 200 a day. Yeah, uh, it's I, I don't know. I think I think I top anybody. Uh, 200 a day, and uh, I have to delete it. But if I, if I forget a few days, I've got thousands that yeah. I have to go through and delete. You, you know where a lot of that comes from? Is, is because you list your private information yes. on, on the website. That's true. I so gave up on privacy a long time yeah, ago. So they, yeah, they, they my life your, is an open book. Yeah, your email address is there, so any, any <laughs> solicitor who wants to sell something to a car dealer, it's right there. I, I think we're all a, a, a little more accepting of, uh, of the whole thing. Uh, t- Stu pointed out the, the spam thing, you know, and you, who cares? You know, so uh, it's just the yeah, way of the I world today. I it's, surrendered to it. Yeah, it's the 21st <laughs> century. You know, you just uh, pick and choose your wars, what's, so what's, to speak. All what's I, bad I, though is I'm starting to get spam on my uh, on my text message, and that's me start, too, I, yeah. I don't I don't want to see that get a foothold. No, foot that's terrible. No, not at all. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you're a very important part of the show. Uh, we we just love talking to you, and we love you taking advantage of the eight seven seven nine six zero number. And uh, you have a whole lot to share with us, but I do want to let you know you are an important part of the show. So thanks for tuning in. And we're going to go to Mike, who's calling us from Loxahatchee. Hey, Mike. Good morning, Mike. Yes, good morning. Uh, I am curious to how long you would let gasoline in a can stay uh, and use it rather than ruin the carburetor or fuel injection. I, my own personal feelings, I would not use any gasoline from a can that has been more than, say, five to six months at the maximum. I see. Actually, I'm talking about for a more. Uh, It's a little different with a car because a car's got 20 gallons of gas, and if you put in five gallons, it's going to dilute it better. But... um, so you say five to six months. Yeah, even even from now, modern lawnmowers they they they're a lot more lenient. Uh, small engines like that, they're they're a lot uh, easier to handle the the fuel like that. But even at the end of six months, I would be thinking find a place uh, your local auto parts store uh, where they will take recycled old oil. They'll take uh-huh. old gasoline as well. Yeah. And do you believe in using stable? And how long could you keep it then? Fuel stabilizers like that uh, maybe would increase it by a month or two. But even then, uh, for the cost of fuel nowadays, you know, you're talking five gallons at $2 a gallon. That's $10. Myself, I would rather take that $10 of old fuel and Uh dump it off at Pet Boys and get fresh fuel rather than take a chance on messing up can the lawnmower that's can, can 100 bucks a, or more. I'll ask a stupid question. I, I think like I don't, a lot of stuff I don't know. I know nothing about lawnmowers. Uh, if you had a can of gasoline and sitting there for four or five months, would it last any longer if you shook it or turned it upside down and stirred it? Uh, I know it's stupid, but would it help? I don't know if that would actually make a difference because it's it's the deterioration of it okay. and the fact that you've got water vapor that is going to get in and out of that that fuel. I got you. You know that's that's what would make me nervous on it. And I'm 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 not really a chemist to know how it breaks down and deteriorates over time. Mm-hmm. But again, it's we're we're not talking about a product that really is that expensive yeah. to replace that small of an but amount. But Mike, the answer is four months. Yeah. Well. 
Well, thank you for the call. I appreciate it very much. And we don't get a if lot, you a lot leave more questions. In, but. in a shop, would it get less moisture in it? it? It would probably help it a little bit. But again, it, it by about six months, that fuel is starting to turn to varnish a little bit, and it's starting to break down. It'd be time okay. to get rid of it. Okay. All right. Call again, Mike. Thank right, you thank very you. much. You're welcome. Stay in touch, Mike. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, we do have a great mystery shopping report coming up at about uh, 9.30. And uh, our mystery shopper went out and, uh, well, uh, shopped, uh, I think it's four uh, Ford dealerships. That's Mullinex, uh, Al Packard, Wayne Acres, and Advantage Ford. So we uh, did a little something a little different uh, this week, so you want to stay tuned for that. And don't forget, you can read uh, Earl's latest column at uh, Earl on Cars, Why Car Dealers and Manufacturers Want to Lease Instead of Buy. It's really very interesting. You might want to pick that up. Or, excuse me, go to Earl on Cars and uh, read it. 877-960-9960. And you can text us at 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero, and uh, you know I, I mentioned a mystery shopping report, but I didn't mention uh, Attorney General Ashley Moody, and uh, we we have uh, beckoned to her to more or less uh, help us out. Uh, we're we're trying to weed out you know these uh, deceptive car dealers, and believe me, we do have some great mystery shopping reports, and then again not so great so don't forget you can get in touch with ashley uh you can get in touch with her and you can help us out that's attorney general ashley moody you can reach her at 850-414-3300 so help us out we can't do it alone uh, i believe Stu has some texts well i've got another youtube over let's get the uh, rich youtube uh guy larrabee's asking how important is the after sale manufacturer survey to the dealer can the threat of a bad survey response be used to one's advantage in price negotiations? Uh, not very effectively because the, um, the surveys are even recognized by the manufacturers uh, as being tampered with and manipulated. Uh, they're using a new uh, platform of just measuring loyalty uh, for car buyers, loyalty to service customers, and uh, it's just too easy to manipulate. Sometime you could probably bribe uh, a dealer, uh, but that was uh, those times are long past too. Yeah, they are moving away from the surveys, but still a lot of car dealerships um, have it tied into how they pay their salespeople. Yeah, so they get a bad survey. But um, I, I mean, I'm not doing this to defend any unethical car dealers out there. I, I think it's bad, you know, going in, uh, it's going into a negotiation with bad face and give me a good price or I'm going to hurt you later is probably not the best way to you know to to do that. And I don't know how effective it would be. You're better off to use Google or uh, or, or what's the other one? Uh, um, the, the Google, Yelp, Facebook, yeah. Cars.com. There's a million yeah. review sites. Yeah, your 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 modern independent surveys. Well, once the when the dealer does a survey, or for that matter, any store does a survey, you're playing their game. Uh, be honest on your Google replies. Be honest on your Yelp replies, and uh, you'll 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 be more effective than you've if you use their survey. That's a perfect segue to the next text because have, somebody it, actually, oh, you uh, have a call? Stu, I'm going to interrupt you. We're going to go to Dawn in uh, Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Dawn. Good morning. How can uh, we yeah, help I you? Make a, oh, I just want to comment on the Tesla battery that uh, I think Earl commented on, I don't know, three weeks or so ago. Uh-huh. Um, 
I've owned four Teslas. I was one of the first ones in, I think, 14 to come with a Model S, and then I, I purchased another one, and then the Model X. And um, hmm. we never had a battery problem. I do understand that the cost of a new battery on a Tesla is right around between eight and $11,000. However, they have original Tesla from 14, I believe, running around in test mode with over 850,000 miles on it. And really? And it still has 85% yeah, of the battery left now. Wow. They are coming out Tuesday with an announcement, I believe, and I think it's going to be a, a million-mile battery guarantee. So wow. I wow. think that's what you're going to hear on Tuesday. I also own a Toyota, so. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Technology that Tesla has is, is unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to kind of clear that up. I don't know. Um, I can tell you for a fact that we've never had a battery issue with any of our cars. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I've not heard of any serious problems with them. And people, you know, well, the first thing they'll tell you about any electric cars, they're worried about running out of juice. Uh, it doesn't seem to appear to be a problem. I mean, you know, how many people drive over 100 miles a day unless you're going on a trip? And exactly. these cars go 350 to 500 miles. We don't even plug ours in every day. I mean, we plug it in maybe once a week, and we got, and we drive a lot. I drive 25,000 miles a year in my gas car. Hmm. And uh, I don't believe I ever put on over 120 miles a day. So, you know, they shouldn't be concerned about that. And I'm, I'm a gearhead guy. I, I have race cars. I drive race cars. My son had to drag me into getting me one of these Teslas, but, you know, I think, <laughs> yeah, they're really... They're well, Don, you're, you're making me want to go out and buy a Tesla. I told you uh, before uh, we almost <laughs> did, and I, uh, Elon Musk is a certified genius. I think he will go down in history as, uh, you know, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be known in history worldwide for uh, hundreds of years. He's, he is really unique, and this uh, Tesla car is an amazing car. I was skeptical, everybody was skeptical, and now I'm a total believer. I used to be a half believer, now I'm a total believer. And uh, you're right, you're ahead of the game. You were, you foresaw the future. Uh, I just never really believed it was gonna be as good as Elon said it was, and now it's being better. I mean, my Lord, a, a million mile battery. I just can't even imagine a... Uh, Trust uh, me, these, these cars are fast. Yeah. Oh God! I'm, yeah. you, and I drive race cars, and I cannot believe you know how fast. Well, that's one of the I reasons I wanted to buy one. I mean, I'm a I'm kind of a uh, 1958, 1960 drag race guy, and when yeah. someone told me I could get a car that goes zero to sixty in two and a half seconds, I said, "Show me! That's not possible." And they do right. it. And we were back. I'm your age. So I'm back in the day. If you bought a factory car with 400 horsepower, they thought you're nuts. Yeah. It went 14 seconds. That was really fast. Yeah. And we got we got a 6,000 pound Tesla. I took it out to the track. Runs 11 holes, 125 miles an hour. <laughs> I mean that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. oh, but I'm, now I'm just I'm just wondering if these other now these charging stations. Uh, of course, you know it's like when everybody wanted to go to propane. And, oh, that was a great idea, except you couldn't get it. Yeah. But uh, now, as far as Tesla chargers go, are are these other manufacturers like Toyota? Uh, are they following the same plug-in kind of deal where you could use Tesla chargers or vice versa, or are they all going on their own 
on their own way. The right. Toyota's That's used, true. yeah. yeah. Toyota is as, uh, and all the most of the manufacturers are using. There's a standardized uh, adapter. We talked about it, I think, last week on the show, and they can't use the Tesla adapters now. Now I heard that that te- there are uh, adapters you can buy that allows you to use a, a Tesla supercharger. Because I know he shared his technology with everybody, but I don't know if they're using it or not. Yeah. So. I, well, that, a, I, mean, I just want to kind of clear that up a little bit. And I'm half serious. I'm, I'm, I'm half serious. Because of you, I'm probably going to buy a Tesla. Well, hey, save your <laughs> money and buy one of those. Hey, buy one of those trucks. I, I got one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they're going right. to be fantastic. They look like, you know, something else, but I guess they're pretty nice. But all right. Nice talking, Earl. Thank Thanks. you, Don. Rick? One of my favorite videos lately is the guy that pulls up at a gas station in a Tesla and he's literally searching the car, trying to figure out where he's supposed to put fuel in the <laughs> Tesla. It's hilarious. He must have borrowed his uh, friend's car. I think I think he did, and he yeah. was trying to figure out how to refuel it and didn't realize. Okay, how are we doing on text? We're good. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we started to get to this one. Uh, somebody had asked uh, uh, over there on YouTube, uh, Rick, you know, about threatening to, uh, a bad... Um, survey, uh, a bad survey response, mm-hmm. we talked about the online reviews. Uh, coincidentally, somebody says, if I have a problem with a dealer, is it an effective tactic to threaten to post bad online reviews if they don't take care of my problem? Mm-hmm. And what about threatening to call news stations? And I, I do think, I, I think that, um, well, I think handled smoothly, um, it could be an effective way if someone is uh, giving you a hard time, I'm picturing something in the service department, something went wrong, and they're they're not helping you to say, listen, I'm going to go online. Um, I think maybe you should soft sell it and say, listen, I would I would love to give you a great review, but right now I don't feel like like I can. Um, but dealers do take it seriously, uh, particularly those that have very low number of reviews. If you have a one five star review and somebody gives you a one star, suddenly your average is two and a half stars. So, the guy's got thousands of reviews. It won't hurt, but th- nobody wants to see them bad mouth p- publicly. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to almost sound like a car dealer here for a minute, but. Anytime you complain, uh, you should do it uh, ple- as pleasantly as possible. State the facts. Uh, be nice. Be courteous. Be respectful. Uh, and take it up the line as far as you can. Uh, sometimes uh, p- people that you... Because the good thing about me being a car dealer now, I can tell you right now in my dealership that if a customer comes in and he's profane, abusive, aggressive, yeah. and sometimes almost physically, I mean, when you have a customer that uh, is uh, crazy, and we, you know, that just goes nuts. Uh, even though we still want to help that customer, I can just tell you from personal experience, human nature is yeah. that you want to help people that treat you with courtesy and respect. So uh, I think you can do the, I think you can be aggressive in terms of a bad survey. Uh, you can certainly call the attorney general. Uh, you can do all these things, Department of Motor Vehicles. Sometimes you have to resort to those weapons. But first exhaust, taking it up the line as far as you can until you find a person who you, who you can talk to and communicate with and do it with courtesy and respect. Uh, oftentimes you can solve the problem that way. Yeah, um, like you said, um, car dealers and salespeople and service representatives, are they are human. Uh, a really professional one will take the abuse and, and take yes. care of you. Um, but you're more likely to run into something they're going to shut down the moment you, yeah. you start like that. They're probably going to be like, there's no way I'm helping this person. In my dealership, we have uh, the nicest person in, in my dealership is my youngest son, Josh. And 
And when and, we and he when, hates people. when we have a customer, <laughs> when we have a customer that nobody can make happy, oh boy, we we give him the Josh. Josh is such a nice person that I've seen him in tears. He will never react. He will never respond to abuse with abuse, but he'll respond with his heart. Yeah. And I've seen him cry because he couldn't make a customer well, happy. Well, the joke is, if I have a difficult situation. Um, I have to channel Josh before I begin the yes, yeah. channel Josh. What, what how would, would Josh do? How would Josh handle it? And I just let it wash over me and you just get yeah, going. Yeah, you digest it. that and it turns yeah. out to be a great thing. The second part of the text has said, what about threatening to call news stations? I, I do not think that's effective. Let's, let's, every week we uncover all this horrible behavior. When's the last time you saw an expose on a, on a, on a bad car dealer yeah. on the news stations? Yeah, car dealer, uh, news stations, with, uh, television stations, radio stations don't like to attack car dealers because they spend all a ton advertising. of money on advertising. And it's very rare that you'll find you know, local channels, WPTV, WPEC, the, uh, the other one, whatever. Uh, you know, they get a lot of advertising from car dealers, and they're not going to attack a car dealer because they'll lose their advertising. Exactly. Okay, uh, we are going to go to Frank in Jupiter Farms, and uh, I believe that Frank probably has an interesting, hopefully, end to this saga, uh, at least for his sake, I hope so. Uh, good morning, Frank. Well, good morning, Nancy. Um, not to ruin the day, but unfortunately, it's not working out. No. Um, I tr truly, truly regret not listening to you three or four months ago. Mm. Um, the, the help that Stu did, which was tremendous and also very appreciative, doesn't allow me as a single party to do what I needed to do. And I'm not going to be very specific in case someone's listening on the radio show that knows what's going on. Sure. But um, I'm still working on that. Um, it's, once that gets resolved, I'll probably be able to sleep for yeah. once in the last two months, one night. Yeah. But um, it's been other things draining me, too, which um, i got to get with Stu also in regards to a much higher matter as far as finances. So with that, it's not always fun listening to your show. It triggers so many different emotions and memories. Yeah. Hmm. Um, one of them, when, we just, when that guy just spoke about the Tesla, if I recall correctly, a year or maybe 18 months ago, I believe you and your husband was going to go after the show to look at Tesla somewhere. Yes. Yes. So, you see, I remember. It's just I do pay attention in case you ever quiz me. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, so, that and was then a the fun experience, I think, on the test drive. Uh, did, you guys did the ludicrous mode or the insane mode and accelerated. Yeah, and, oh, it was man. crazy. Oh, crazy. Ludicrous, uh, yeah. Hey, Nancy was in the back seat. Hey, Frank, um, is it okay if I kind of inform our listeners as to the, um, the topic uh, that you're referring to? Or would you sure, rather? you can. Yes. Uh, now, well, I tell you what. Maybe one I'll more. I'll let week. you do Let's it. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, I'll give Nancy credit where credits due. Several months ago, okay. my um, children decided they needed cars, and we'll start with the, the the good, and then the bad and the ugly. The good was my daughter, who was out in Utah, has a Toyota Rav4 with well over two hundred thousand miles, and things were starting to go. And instead of pouring more money into an old car, she would look for a um, RAV4 hybrid, which they weren't taking a penny off MSRP. Um, I was going to help out with the down payment and some things. And thankfully, your son 
um, Stu or maybe even Earl called one of his buddies out in Utah that no longer had the dealership but had some influence. And my daughter went in there and saved 4000 off MSRP, which the, the salesman said, I've never seen this in my 30-year career. Who are you? Mm-hmm. Um, which was pretty impressive. It made my daughter feel that her dad actually had some clout, um, <laughs> which, which it's always good. I mean, you can puff up. And then she kind of got to me um, when um, I put a $2,000 down payment on my credit card. And she said, oh, thank you for the $20,000. And when she texted me, because we were doing it all by text, it was like a five-hour deal. I mean, yeah. anyway, and I see the 20000 and before I could, you know, call 911, she texts back, oh, the typo error, it was only two. So she has a sense of humor. <laughs> so that's the good part. And then, and then when, they, when they went to buy the extended warranty, um, which I think was like normally around $6,000 or something for, you know, whatever miles and years, it somehow we got down magically to fifteen hundred, and the salesman said, "There's, there's got to be something wrong." Huh. And um, they they go, "No, they call and that guy and he says, "No, that's what her price is going to be." And again, it was just a is a very happy, very warm, great experience. I went up in her her eyes as a fabulous father <laughs> because it was um, unfortunately through a divorce situation that she never heard very many good things about her father for you know decades. But that's another story. <laughs> And then my other son down here needed a car. I co-signed for him. This is where it it got me messed up. I co-signed for him in 2008 after he got back from doing missionary work, and he had zero credit history. Zero. So I I co-signed down at at Morris for a Honda Accord in 2008. He's still driving that car today. I mean, he's just going to drive that thing to the the wheels fall off. um, And now he has credit. And he was able to get a house and all sorts of things, thanks to you know that five-year perfect payoff. Um, so it, it, it was a, that's another good part of the scenario. So now the daughter gets a car, the oldest son gets a car, and now the youngest one. He says, "What am I, the black sheep? I want something." And so we go, and he was a Toyota, on, um, a Tacoma, and of course we did the um, as you reference, we did the. Um, Costco buying thing, which made it even more savings than we would have gotten just by, you know, um, walking into a dealership. And, um, of course, your son was very adamant about staying at the Costco. I figured, hey, you know, I called another radio station. Give me another $100 off. Well, you know, he, he's telling me, and, you know, anyway. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. I said, let's negotiate. Let's see. We'll play the mystery shopper. Really. We're going to buy it at the truck. Um, so, anyway, and that son, who was just turned 30 last month, had zero credit. He never had a credit card. He, he has, they, they were never given a clue about finances. So I go, well, maybe I'll do what I did for the oldest son. I'll, I'll co-sign, and over the five-year period, with zero interest, I mean, it's like, hell, can even tell you a credit? Golly, you got zero. You must have a really good credit score. Well, yes, in the 800s, because I've lived my life, you know, in a very, you know, right manner. And my mom taught me very well, it's not how much money you make, but how you spend it. Mm-hmm. And after working for not one, but two bankrupt airlines, and I mean, you know, so I, I understand what it's like to be careful with your money. So I co-signed, and he made the first payment. Actually, he didn't really make the first payment because he didn't have enough money in his Frank, checking account. Frank, so Frank, can I, can I, I, I don't want to be rude, but I'm going to have, let me cut you off here. I, I know, uh, and it's got a big tears to your eyes, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I, uh, and you're right, somebody might be listening on the other line. I, I think, That's you know, it, it, but you've told us enough here to, 
Well, you got a great message to get out there to a lot of people is that never let your heart get in the way of making a, a, a serious credit decision. And there's nothing more serious than co-signing for anything, a car, anything. And uh, yeah. sometimes uh, I, I've done the same, we've all made the same, and you, you learn the hard way, and I'm, we're so sorry that you had the bad experience. But really, uh, uh, a lot of people out there listening, parents, uh, grandparents, you know, how do you tell a son or a grandson or a granddaughter, I'm sorry, I can't do this. Uh, but I think it's something you'll be glad that you did. And, uh, and I'm, uh, I hope it works out for you, Frank. Thank you very much. Uh, I got one quick question for Rick, though. Sure. One quick one, if I may. Sure. Um, I got 2012 Mercedes E350, and the battery's shot. So I called Mercedes where I bought it. It's almost $500 for a battery for Mercedes. I go, oh, my goodness. So I said, well, let me do what Earl would do. Let's call it Costco. It's too old for the uh -huh. car for Costco. So what about the Optima battery, the O-P-T-I-M-A, Optima? Do you know much about those? Yeah, Optimas are a, uh, they're a company that's specialized in making what they call deep cycle batteries. Um, they're almost like marine grade. They're usually a, have been a very high quality battery and very decent, good, well worth it type uh, prospect. You know, it's, the price is usually a, a little higher than others, but you're paying a bit more for the quality. Yeah, if you okay, got a Costco, that, that, it's probably quality. I was going to say, uh, they don't sell uh, poor quality. They they go through a rigorous inspection of any... If they accept, if they sell something at Costco, they've tested it out very carefully. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm very happy with Costco. I mean, I've been going there probably not as long as you because I'm not quite as old as you, but that's all right. Um, uh, it's, yeah, I'm very happy with Costco. They just don't, especially online, they don't have it. Although the local Costco dealer said they might have something bring oh, the car in. Oh, I, okay. oh dead. I got you. So, um, but anyway, and then one last real quick thing about the gasoline with the old gasoline. Yeah. Growing up in Kendall, before Kendall was Kendall back in the 50s, there was no garbage service. So my dad had an MP55 gallon drum with some holes in the bottom on cement blocks. <laughs> you would put your garbage in there, throw some gas in, and light it. And it would go and burn. Yeah. Um, if you put too much gas in, it became like a 55-gallon mortar. The stuff would blow up, and the garbage would go flying through here about 50, 60 feet. It was a, the best-looking Roman candles you could ever have. <laughs> but here in Jupiter Farms, we do sometimes burn some wood and stuff. And it's amazing. With some older gas, you put that on, you throw the match, and there's no... Then It's like almost like lighting diesel. I think it's from all the sugar they're putting in the the ethanol in the, in the gas nowadays, that it really deteriorates. And you're right, if it's five months old, I wouldn't put it in my lawnmower. I wouldn't put, even if I put it in my fire, it's like you can almost stand there and drop mm -hmm. a match. It's like barely lights. But you put fresh gas and only a sudden you hear the roof. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows, but anyway. Like I said, your show triggers a lot of memories, a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Well, that's good, Frank. It's, it's not all bad being an old guy. I love being an old guy. And um, the memories are the wonderful thing about being old. We got a lot of them, don't we? We do. And, and, it, and I did get a test ride. One of the guys at church, who was um, a pretty important lawyer down in Miami, had one of those Teslas. And he took me out for a ride one night. And I, it's just like, wow. It's, <laughs> um, it's scary fast. All right, I'm buying one. Well, thank you, Frank. You, you, you hang in there, my friend. And please, please call again next week. Nice talking to okay. you, Frank. Have a great weekend. Take care, guys. Good All luck. Right.
Okay. Um, we have a couple more. I think we get some text before we get to the mystery shopping report. Yeah, we got a YouTube too. Go ahead, Stu. Okay, uh, we got one from Anne Marie, and I didn't want to put her make her wait for her answers. Oh, great! Yeah, so Anne Marie says, "Good morning." In the best of all possible worlds, we would always have perfect driving weather, but we don't, and it's not unusual to hit heavy rain while we're driving. I know we can use Rain-X for better visibility, but I was wondering why do windshield wipers have only two speeds, normal and fast? With our heavy rains, we really need wipers with a third speed, turbo. <laughs> Why oh. don't they have wipers with extra fast speed? Now, Amory, I know you drive a Toyota, so I think you know you do have an intermittent speed, but you're looking for an upper end, like, really fast thing. Or a continuous, just a continuous. Yeah. You should have a rheostat kind of a thing, yeah. like you do when you dim lights. Great idea, Anne-Marie. Well, a lot of them, like the, the automatic ones are pretty cool because they kind of do it for you, but... Um, I think she needs. I want to ask Rick. Is there is there anything you know to? Can you hack or uh, you know uh, jailbreak your windshield wipers to make them go even faster? Uh, no, because you actually might wind up with those blades literally flying right off of the arms. <laughs> well, you set the limit. All, all, you, all you do, I, listen, I, I'm going to patent this quickly. I'm going to get to my attorney right after the show. A continuous, a continuous like a real, like on a light dimmer, and then you can go. And of course, you do need the intermittent. I agree with that. Yeah. We're still on that. But and then you would set the the red line. You not obviously can't go past the red line. But I do it all the time. It's starting to rain. The rain changes. And I find myself obsessed with getting the right uh, rhythm. And I'm not focusing. If I had a continuous switch, I could get exactly right. Let's move along. A yeah, But Very first, good. I have to mention really, really quick that recently I ran out of windshield wiper fluid. And I'm really I proud knew, to say. I knew she shouldn't resist that. <laughs> I was uh, so proud. I popped that hood on his Lexus and I put that windshield wiper fluid in there. Mm-hmm. And now we can drive safely. We have so much construction going on in our neighborhood that you couldn't see out the windshield. Okay. No uh, text. Good morning. My name is Gary. I went to a car dealer <laughs> called Bargain Auto Sales, and they quoted me sixteen thousand eight eighty-eight for a retail out the door. And I tried to get them to remove the eight ninety-five dealer fee, which they would not do. They said they couldn't do that because that was profit, which was the truth. I offered him sixteen <laughs> grand. Actually, they wouldn't take my sixteen, so I got up, walked out the door, and then yeah. a week later, the salesperson texted me saying that they were sorry they couldn't meet my offer, but the, their offer still stands at sixteen eight hundred. So I went back in, bought the vehicle. It came to 16900 uh, tax tag and title. They were great to do business with, no lies, no pressure. Eh, I mean, they were honest about it. Gary, yeah, when, you, when you argue about dealer fees with a dealer, you're playing their game. I love the dealer's answer, by the way. You know, nothing would surprise me more than an honest answer. I can't take that dealer fee off. That's part of my profit. Yeah. Uh, why didn't you put it in the price when you advertised it? Anyway, yep, that's uh, the, the best way to play the game is to you control. You say, okay, put the dealer fee on there. I don't care. But I'm taking your price to another dealer. And if he can beat it with or without a dealer fee, I'm going to buy the car from him. So don't argue about dealer fees. Argue about the out-the-door price. Okay, uh, YouTube. Uh, i got a YouTube over here. Girl Strickland is asking, if you have excellent credit, is it okay to let GM or Toyota finance your car? Of course. Mm-hmm. That's the only safe financing is the financing by the lender, I mean by the manufacturer's lending branch. And they're the ones that have the legitimate 0%, one-tenth of 1%, 1%, all those low-ball interest things you see. Those are manufacturer's uh, lending companies that they own, and they're legitimate. Where you get in trouble is when a dealer starts talking interest because 
Uh, you can tell when they're lying about interest because his lips move. You <laughs> dealers are not going to tell you the true interest, and they're going to make a lot of money on the interest, but the captive lenders, as we call them, is a good deal. That's right. Uh, real quick, and we'll finish them up. says, Good morning, Earl. This is Steve from New Jersey. During my most recent new car buying experience, I would say 95% of my time and effort was spent on researching safety options, owner feedback, reliability, cost to own data, driving reviews, and actual test drives. Only about 5% was spent on dealer negotiations, which was done were entirely done via out-the-door requests for, quote, emails to competing dealers, just like we advised. The negotiation portion of the process was easy, and the price I got was satisfactory. In my opinion, it's the most important. It's most important that one gets the car with the, that best suits their needs. For example, safety, comfort, etc. In addition to your price. Well, it, uh, car buying can be fun. You know, uh, you're an educated consumer. You do your homework. Uh, it's actually kind of fun and rewarding. I'll bet you, Agent Lightning, and we're about ready to get that report. I bet when we talked to her, she said that was kind of fun because Stu gave Agent Lightning her, her lead. She he, he threw the reins off and she ran with it and she did what she would do. She's a very bright person, by the way. Uh, and she did what she would do to buy a car. And that's what this report is about how to buy a car. And I bet you she would say, that was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, last text. How does one rid their car of an ant infestation? Bomb. Raid fumigators, yeah. the dry smoke fumigators are the best. Okay. I've used them several times. Can I say a corny joke? Because old guys love corny jokes. Uh, ant infestation, get some uncles to get them it's out It's better there. than an uncle oh, infestation. Yeah. I knew your brain was going somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. We're all caught up, just in time for the mystery shopping room. Okay. I got one other quick YouTube comment. All right. Donovan Lewis says, have to disagree with Earl on the privacy not going to exist. He, meaning you, uses an iPhone and the latest OS version automatically blocks all website trackers and apps that track are now uh, that track now you have to opt in to allow them to track you and the user has to give consent to tracking so to your website or any other it looks like no one is there Android will follow this in 2021 yeah, I, th I think that, uh, yeah, I, I know about that because I have the new, uh, what was it, 17? 14. 14. 14. Yep. I just did the 14, uh, a major software update. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, it, it's a constant battle on privacy, and the battle will continue. And I think all I'm saying, I'm different than a lot of people, and I just, uh, I just surrendered. And I want people to know what I do, where I am, what I say, and people track me. Uh, I, I tell you what, I'm seeing products that I really That's am interested what I was gonna in. That's I was going to say. I agree with you 100%. I would rather see the cool stuff that I like to buy than somebody showing me ads for fleet animas or just stuff that are completely irrelevant. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, would, I mean, I get stuff that really interests me for the most part, so I, I opt into the tracking. I, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, I bought products uh, that I didn't know existed, that I, that I love, that I wouldn't have known about, have they not searched me out? Technology is moving so fast now that you get a new product and you can find the right customer that's perfect for that product. Yeah. The product is perfect for him. Boy, I can I think that's really cool. Anyway, let's yeah. get into the mystery shopping report here. Uh, mystery shop, uh, multiple Ford dealers. First time we've done four dealerships in this manner, and we shop Mullinex Ford, who are on our recommended list now. Al Packer Ford. Wayne Acres Ford and Advantage Ford. Advantage Ford is in Stewart, Florida. Wayne Acres is in Lake Worth. 
Alpacas in North Palm Beach, and no Alpacas in West Palm Beach, and Mullinex is in is in North Palm Beach. Uh, by the way, in the way of total disclosure, the former owner of Wayne Acres Ford uh, is a friend of uh, Stu's and mine. Yeah, and <laughs> his name is Les Acres, and he just sold uh, sold his interests, I believe. I think to uh, yeah, Peter Bulwer from the Baltimore Ravens is his partner. Yeah, um, yeah, we haven't in our shop. Uh, Less of stores before yeah. <laughs> to have yeah. a relationship with them, but yeah. here we go. We love less. Yeah. And uh, okay, here we go. This week we continue to explore the car buying experience from the point of view of a consumer doing it the right way. Did the last last week, and up until then we did it. You know, here's what you're how you're trying to get screwed. Be careful. We're doing it. Just do it this way. We're setting a positive example. Uh, getting multiple quotes from at least three competing dealers at least. Last week we signed uh, two dealers to Agent Lightning with the instructions to get online quotes and then visit the dealership with the best price. Two. Last, uh, we made uh, things more realistic this week by giving Agent Lightning free reign to set up the investigations. We asked her to go through the steps of buying a car exactly as she normally would. Our instructions simply were for her to pick out a new car of any make get multiple quotes, then visit the dealership that appears to offer the best deal. And it turned out she is getting ready to buy a Ford. I, I wouldn't be at all surprised is if a result of this, she didn't buy a Ford, probably from the dealer that wins this competition. So our heart and soul is in this, as well as her mind and her brain, and there's a doozy of a report. What follows in this report is typical of what car buyers experience when they ignore dealer advertising. Ignore all dealer advertising. Ignore, ignore, ignore. And try a more modern approach, and here it is. Speaking in the first person as if I were Agent Lightning. I began my mission with Google search. Absolutely best way to go. Four dealers near me. That's so cool. I love that, you know. I do it all the time. Taco, you know, taco stand near me, Chinese near me, uh, car dealers near me. I love it. You got a taco stand near you? Yeah, we do. Taco Bell uh, on... Uh, That's not a taco stand. And yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Continue. I'm an old guy. I'm an old guy. <laughs> uh, on the search page results, the four closest Ford dealers were Mullinex Ford and Lake Park. That's near North Palm Beach. <laughs> I'm laughing because we're in Lake Park and we tell everybody our dealership is in North Palm Beach because nobody's heard of Lake Park. Now everybody in Lake Park hates me because they know where Lake Park is, but you know we sell cars hundreds and thousands of miles away. Somebody that lives in Kentucky doesn't know where Lake Park is. I, ah, but I digress. Uh, Lake Park, Advantage Ford and Stewart, Al Packer Ford in West Palm Beach, and Wayne Acres Ford in Lake Worth. Uh, my next step was to visit each of their websites to find my desired vehicle, uh, new. Here's, here's what uh, Agent Lightning is going to buy, probably. She's going to buy a new 2020 Ford Explorer XLT, and this one had an MSRP of $38,170. Three listings had links that were labeled to imply that clicking on it would reveal a price for the list of vehicles, and all car dealers are doing this. Wayne Acres Ford read, get today's price. Mullinick said, get today's out-the-door price. Al Packers was, get today's Packer e-pricing. Yeah, it just sounds like you're going to get a price. www.inkgonnahappen.com Only 
Advantage Forbes listing implied the online price was the price. They link read simply, I'm interested. Yeah, that means like, yeah. hey, I saw your price. Hey, yeah. let's talk. In every case, the links open lead forms, and lead forms are uh, supposed to provide your name, email address, and phone number, and any comments or questions. This is what all people hate to do. I learned from my lesson from last week's mystery shop and the deluge of phone calls that I received, and, and she's still getting them. You know, we should have warned her. Yeah. Uh, this time, I put all zeros for my phone number. Good and only gave my email address. I always say, instead of all zeros, you can take somebody you don't like. <laughs> Maybe you got a next door neighbor that you, re you really don't like. Just put in their phone number. And, uh, I'll, um, I'll, I'll do that on the next message. <laughs> uh, anyway, here's a lesson to learn you know, when you're doing, remember, as, we, as we're saying here, put in uh, a phony phone number and put in an email address that you don't normally use. You can easily get an email address today. Uh, if you don't know how to do it, ask your grandson your, or your son or daughter. And you can get a Yahoo address. You can get a, a Microsoft address. Gmail. I mean, a, a micro, uh, yeah. Outlook, Outlook address. Yeah. Uh, Hotmail is Microsoft. Hotmail, yeah, a yeah. million of them. There, there are free email addresses anywhere um, that you can get. And use that, and then just only use it for this kind of stuff. That way, they get driven crazy. No phone numbers, and certainly not your name. Use a phony name, and with all that information, you can get a precise quite uh, quote. I think you're okay using your real name. All right. Uh, uh, where possible, I indicated that I wanted to communicate by email in the comments section. Put that in there. I stated that I wanted to receive an out-the-door price on the listed Explorer with an explanation of all fees. Okay. Since prices were not revealed by clicking the Get My Price button, I assumed that I would be receiving emails with their best prices. You're never going to get a price by Get My Price button because the dealer will not give you his best price because you'll beat his best price by going to his competition. And the car dealer doesn't want you to beat his price, so you're not going to get it that way. Uh, here we go. Number one. Uh, Advantage Ford online. I submitted my forum, then for the heck of it, I tried their online chat. But their chat appeared to be nothing but another way to get me to get more personal information. I asked the chat agent about the Explorer, and the agent offered to get me the information. That's what you'll always get. Uh, these chat rooms are sublet companies. They're not the dealership. And 99% of the time, you're not talking to the dealership. You're talking to somebody in Syracuse, uh, or maybe uh, Bangladesh, or or New Delhi. There's a yeah. huge call center in, in yeah. Valdosta, Georgia. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I asked the chat agent about the Explorer. Okay. But then uh, she couldn't find it, so she needed my email, phone number for her team to contact it. I uh, contacted me. I gave her my email and waited. A few minutes later, I received an email from Jalissa with a price in sparse details. My price was $38,886. Now remember, the MSRP that I told everybody I wanted was 38170 So right away, they come back with a different uh, car than I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, the out-the-door price on this was 42636 That was an advantage. This supposedly included all taxes and fees, but there was no itemized breakdown. Almost impossible to get that, by the way. No MSRP was indicated. You always, always have to get to the MSRP. Uh, and they didn't indicate that was. But I was given a VIN. Okay. VIN, vehicle identification number, 
yeah, a lot of people don't have a serial number. I searched their vehicle for the uh, website for the VIN and identified a 2020 Ford Explorer XLT with an MSRP of 42310 Very clever of Agent Lightning. And to shop the VIN, I love that. And if you know the VIN of the car you want, uh, I'm even thinking about modifying some of my advice, get the VIN. And that way you can always find exactly the car you're going to buy. And you can search it out on the website. Uh, okay, now we move along to Wayne Acres Ford Online experience. I got the fastest response from Wayne Acres. Les, are you listening, our friend? Good job, Les. Good job, Les. Fast response. I received an email from Sabrika explaining that the Explorer 1, uh, Explorer I acquired about, had been sold. She included uh, two out-the-door quotes for two other explorers. Both quotes were sparse on details, no itemized breakdown of fees, no detail about options or anything else. You know, what I would have done, uh, and I would advise Agent Lightning next time, is uh, say, okay, well, you sold the car, but what was the price? Yeah. Okay, Let's you sold it. It should be easy. To duplicate. Uh, it should be easy to tell me what you sold it for and what the out-the-door price was. And uh, it would be kind of fun to see what they say. Uh, probably we can't give you that. It's private information. Uh, uh, one of the one of the uh, prices she got, by the way, from Wayne Acres, was a used 2020 Explorer with an out the door price of forty one thousand two twenty five. Now remember, I'm looking for a new car, a new Explorer, but they gave me a used car price. The only indication this was used was a, a U, <laughs> the letter U, <laughs> at the beginning of the listing. I conformed. I, I confer, confirmed it was used by searching the VIN on their on their website. So now, now here's the weird thing: the other one, uh, which was also used, also yeah. that had an N in front of it. So I don't. I, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Les, no, Les doesn't get yeah. sold. He's Al, Al Young, he's the general manager. Al Young, what do you think about that, Al? Do you know that's going on? If so, do something about it. Al Young, general manager of Wayne Acres Ford. If you have anybody out there who wants to talk to the boss. His name is Al Young. Been around a long time. Uh, the other one uh, was another used, and as Sue said, Althador price thirty-seven thousand seven hundred four, but it had an N on it. So uh, yeah, a little hanky panky going there. Either that or sloppiness. We can't be sure. Now we go to Al Packer Ford. We're shopping Ford dealerships. Uh, like I did with Advantage Ford, I tried Al Packer's chat service, and it was identical. Um, subbed out service, New Delhi. No help from the chat agent who wanted to collect my contact information. I did receive a few emails from Joe, though, Joe, at Al Packer Ford. The first one didn't uh, have a price quote. It was just an introduction. The next one was very was about as helpful, meaning not helpful. <laughs> I wanted to know if I had any he wanted to know if I had any questions about the Ford Explorer I was interested in. I never got a quote, so nothing from Al Packer Ford. You know, there's still some old school. Uh, dealers out there that will do that. You know, they say, you don't give them a price online. If you give them a price, we're going to lose the business. They'll go to a competition and get a better price, and we can't allow that. So they just don't give you a price. If they won't give you a price, don't go in the dealership. I mean, in fact, steer uh, miles away. You're talking about an old school. I remember Del Delray Toyota did that years ago, and uh, we used to laugh at them. And now they're 21st century, and they're you know they're getting, they're quoting prices online, but you know it's uh, it's a real red flag if they won't give you the price. They want to get you in the door. 
after 30 still after 30 minutes uh, I still have okay we okay okay I've seen an auto response similar to alpacas from uh, from Mullinex uh, I after that, I received a price quote. The quote was the only one I received on the actual car I inquired about. The only one. A, a new 2020 Explorer XLT, MSRP of 38170 Mullinex Ford in North Palm Beach. I emailed back to get an itemized breakdown and waited for a response. Okay, after 30 minutes, I still had no response, but I made up my mind to choose Mullinex anyway. Where They were the only one to quote me on the specific vehicle I wanted. Great. So they also had the lowest uh, top line price was thirty three thousand eight thirty three, and the promised no dealer fees. Now Molnex Ford advertises no dealer fees. Molnex Ford on site experience. Okay, if you just tuned in, we shopped four dealerships online. We chose the one that had the best experience to visit in person, and that was Molnex, and that's what we did. Couldn't find a parking spot on um, the tiny convoluted lot in front of the showroom. Found a place to park. A guy in a straw hat came up and told me to move. I uh, drove back to the parking lot. I'm not sure why we had that paragraph in there, but we'll move along. Inside the showroom, everyone wore masks. Good. I asked the receptionist for a salesperson and said I preferred a female associate if possible. Let me back up. Masks are not a big problem online, are they? So that's another reason you should do online buying. If you gotta go into a retail store and you gotta wear a mask and you gotta worry about it, why go into four? Go into one. The one that offers you the best online experience, okay? And that's what we did. Everyone wearing masks at Mullinex Ford, uh, and you could ask for the type of person you wanna talk to. If you're Hispanic, you say, may I speak with someone that's fluent in Spanish? Uh, if you're Haitian, may I speak with someone that's fluent in Creole? If you're an old guy, can I speak to one of your senior citizens, uh, you know, salespeople? You know, you see what I'm saying? And this is a female, may I speak with a female? I think most females would probably rather deal with another female. In fact, a lot of males would rather deal with a female. Anyway, uh, ask for the salesperson that you'd like to speak with, not the guy that's standing in line and has the next up. Uh, inside the show, okay, I just said that. Uh, instead, uh, she summoned Brian, didn't get who she wanted. Brian offered me an air handshake and chuckled. I told him about the Explorer and that I had received a quote online. Uh, you know what she could have done? She could have said, I'll wait for if, when a female's available or she can call me. I'm going home. You might find out that their one female salesperson suddenly becomes available. You know, you're in control, folks. And you can really call the shots to stick up for what you know is right, and you will probably get what you're asking for. Uh, and as I said, they only had uh, one female customer, and she was busy with the customer. Uh, he, uh, Brian, he pulled the vehicle up uh, on uh, his computer, then reported it had been placed into their loaner fleet. Ooh, little red flag there. Car came in, it's not available. They're putting it on the loaner fleet. What's he really up to? Excuse me while I turn the page without licking my finger because I got my, forget about it. Lick my finger, put my mask back on. He said he had a different one to show me if I agreed. I said, okay, assuming I was about to be switched to a more expensive model. Instead, I was surprised that he took me to the twin of my desired vehicle. 
the twin. Same year, make model trim and MSRP. That is really good. Really good. So kudos to Mullinex Ford. Brian scanned my license with his phone. He drove the vehicle out of the garage uh, parking lot for me for a test drive. When we returned, Brian asked if I was ready to make a purchase today. That's good. Preliminary close, trial close. I, uh, I replied I would if the numbers looked good. We went inside. I was asked uh, to wait while Brian got the sales figures. He returned with a worksheet, itemized cost breakdown. The MSRP was 38170 Brian applied a $1,087 discount and a $3,250 rebate to get to a selling price of $33,833, same as my online quote. I asked Brian if it was okay if I grabbed some lunch and uh, thought you, you things skipped, over. Just oh, I missed that. Yeah, I missed the paragraph. He added $2,411 in taxes. I'm glad you called me on that because this is important. Remember that. He added $2,411 in taxes. Taxes, uh, the sales tax should have totaled 2,079. Though I didn't catch this at the time, I should have caught that. Uh, I, we did contact him this morning during the show, and uh, Agent Lightning spoke to Brian himself again, who said that he calc- it was calculated uh, with six uh, percent plus one uh, percent on the first five thousand, which is the correct formula. But the total is still wrong, so it should have been $2,079.98. So there's something going on there, either a problem in their computer program or they're hiding something in there. Well, I'll tell you why I think they're hiding it, and I don't mean this to slam Molnix. They're on our recommended list. It is a good dealership to buy a Ford. We recommend that dealership in the past. Uh, I have gone all the way to the uh, Molnix himself and talked about this smaller dealer fee. I believe they call it electronic filing fee. And they have brainwashed themselves into believing this is part of the tag and tax. It's not. Electronic filing fee is an outside service they use to do the tag work, and it costs the dealer about 10 bucks, and they mark it up to 190 or 200 or whatever the number is, and they pass along to the customer. It's profit, profit, profit. It is not a taxable, it's, not, it's a taxable fee. It's not a government fee. Government fees are non-taxable. And they hide it by calling it being uh, a fee. And it's not, but it's not really a fee, it's profit. Okay, and I'm making that assumption, unless they can prove me wrong otherwise. Uh, getting near the end here. Uh, yeah, you added 311 for tag and registration and, yeah. and nothing else. Yeah, and we checked the price with uh, TrueCar. TrueCar had a little bit lower price, but not much. And I think if you factor the dealer fees, I think Molinax probably came out higher than the true car average. I mean, yeah. better than the true car average. Yeah. Oh, so, it did? Without well, the, it was, okay, we had 33 at Molinax. dealer fee. And the average without dealer fees from true cars, so 33,421. So if you had $1,000 of that, your, your uh, Molinax gave them a better deal. Yeah. So uh, there you have it. Uh, there are no perfect car dealers. Uh, and uh, Molinax, uh, in this case here, uh, won the competition. So even before the vote, I can tell you, if you're considering uh, whether you're going to buy the car from Mul- from Mullinex, uh, Alpacker, Wayne Acres, or Advantage, you want to buy it from Mullinex if you want to Ford and you're in Palm Beach County or Martin County. Yeah, don't have any grades coming in yet. I, you know, I, here's what I'm going to do. I've done, I'm, I want to give them an A. Give Mullinex Ford an A. Um, I think that there's something going on. There might be that little extra fee in there, and, and Brian doesn't doesn't know, doesn't understand it. Yeah. Um, but we're almost out of time. What do you yeah. got? 
I'm giving them a B plus. Nancy. Okay, I'm going to give them a B. I'm, I'm going to give them an A. Thank you so much. Uh, Great mystery shopping report. Uh, Tune in next week. We'll be right here at 8 a.m. We certainly enjoy your company. Have a wonderful weekend.